So the Bible just hold them up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand the powerful word of God. Can save man's soul, heal broken hearts, and keep me awake at church. Lord, speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. High five that friend. Pound that neighbor. Now, reach over and give them a hug. Would you do that? Unless you're on the front row up here. Don't hug anybody. Quit, quit. All right, Red's going to hug all of you whether you want it or not. Okay. I've got you strategically placed for a reason right there. That's right. That way if you get out of hand, Red can club you or hug you one or the other. All right. How's your week been? Everybody had a good week? It's been a great week. I need my, my teenagers to come up here and give me a hug. I haven't, I haven't, I, I went to CIY with these guys. They rub off on you, so I need some hugs out of my teenagers. All right, so y'all just give me a break, give me a minute here. I just love these guys. Oh, my did goodness. Call, did Daniel call you? He called me. He did? Yeah, he asked for your number. Yeah, he Daniel, called. Yeah, he called. Come on, Scott. Come on, man. Come on, man. Y'all saw Red get up, didn't you? Yeah. All right, buddy. I'll give him a hug. That's the man. That's the man hug deal there. All right, Red, stand up. I'll hug you too. This is a teenager right here. Yeah. Come on, come on. All right. Ugh, there we go. Everybody get a hug this morning. Need another one? We'll take time. I'll cut the sermon down if you want a hug. Oh, look at him. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love, I love God because he has a great sense of humor, doesn't he? I look in the mirror every day and realize that more every day. He has a great sense of humor. Chapter 1 of Colossians. We've been in Colossians all summer. We'll finish it up by the end of the month. And some of you are going, man, he's going slow. But I want to get this. You've got to get this stuff, okay? So we are in chapter 3. We're in verses 1 through 11. We're going to look at those in, in, uh, as we go through. But in chapters 1 and 2, Paul emphasizes, focusing in chapter 2, verse 10, that Christ is all-sufficient in matters of salvation and overcoming sin. You need nothing else. All you need is Christ. Christ can do it all. Without Him, you got no hope. With Him, you got everything. And we may be, it may look like we're outnumbered. Hallelujah. That's when God does His best work. Remember the children of Israel, we studied this at CLY. The children of Israel got to the Red Sea. They come out of 430 years of bondage in Egypt. They got to the Red Sea only to turn on Moses and say, Well, brought us out here to die. So what you and we talked about this last week. What you do when you get to the your Red Sea experience, and we all have them, and they come more often than you want to admit. But we get to the Red Sea, and we've got no place to go. The enemy's on our on our tail, and they're going to kill us when they get us. We've only got to fall to our knees and pray, and that Red Sea will open. Because when you focus on God, great things happen. When you try to do it yourself, you're going to drown or get killed. You got me? Hey, you know what I'm talking about. And those of you that don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, please, please, please call me. Let's sit down and go through the Word. Let's get you ready for the Word of God, for the word of God to be a, a salvation issue for you. Because I want you to be in heaven with me. I don't want to leave you behind. When, we, when you stand before the judgment throne, I want God to be able to look at you and say, Come on in. Come on in. That's going to be a great day, isn't it? There's going to be a bunch of them that stand there thinking he's going to say it, and he's going to say, Don't even know who you are. 
because you got to quit playing at this. This is real serious business. I was uh, talking to somebody just yesterday about this very thing, and they asked me, they said, as a pastor, doesn't it discourage you? There's somebody not in our church. They said, doesn't it discourage you that uh, people, that Christians aren't, you know, you can't find them? I said, you know, God has a way of weeding out those that are and those that aren't. But there's always a remnant. God will always have a remnant. And so you can, you know, hey, let the world do what it needs to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He says in 2 Chronicles 7:14, he doesn't say, if all the people in the world will bow down and worship me and seek my face and call on my name. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I'll hear their, and turn from their sin, then I'll hear their prayer and heal their land. So he's talking about us. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's just children of Israel. <laughs> Guess what? We've been grafted in through Jesus. So he's talking about us too. All right? So Paul's uh, uh, talked about there's, we're all sufficient in Christ. He starts now in chapter 3 giving us the basic practical uh, encouragements and, and warnings that teach us how to live that life in Christ. And so we want to pick up at chapter 3, verse 1. Since then... You have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Set your mind on things above. Why is that important? Well, it's essential. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, we're encouraged to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All sin starts in the mind. True? Because if you don't think it, you won't do it. I drive over to Sam's or Mardell's and I have to drive by the Golden Corral. I know what's in there. And it's not cattle being rustled in. And so it starts right here. Right? Cindy uh, and Corey and Megan took me to a place yesterday called Smash Burger. Man, it sounds good. And I got in there and there wasn't a very little on that menu that I could really eat. I got a chicken breast, so be proud of me. But I sure wanted that smash burger. That sounded good. Nine pound one. You know, one of those is like this. No. <laughs> I'd be in the hospital today. But you know, it all starts right here, doesn't it? It all starts right here. Advertisers know that, don't they? You bet. We were talking about at CIY, how it's tough for girls today because boys are visually driven. And if they, don't, if they dress a certain way, guess what? They're going to get all the attention they need. And then they get upset when we look. Of course, I've got it. Here's the trick. The Bible says if your right eye offend thee, so cover that one. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you win some, you lose some. But that transforming thing is critical. And so when we move our minds to something greater, 
something spiritual, we can control that mind process. In first, in Second Corinthians, we're taught to take every captive for Christ. Take every thought captive. Okay, starts right here. Also, it's necessary to think on things above because according to Romans 8, 5, and 6, we're to live according to the Spirit. So what are some of those things we're supposed to think on? Well, in Philippians 4, 8, it gives us a great list on thinking of these things in, in Philippians 4, 8. I want you to read it later. Pa- powerful passage of Scripture. But we've got to set our attention on the Word. And we've got to find Christ who's foreshadowed and foretold in the Old Testament. When you're reading the Old Testament, I've had people say, man, I'm just not getting much out of it. Start looking for that crimson thread that weaves its way through the Old Testament from Genesis to Revelation. And that crimson thread is Jesus. Look at every story. Look at every possible way that this is telling you about the forecoming of Jesus. There's so many times in the Old Testament where that comes out. If you have a Jewish friend and you want to lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, you must do it through the Old Testament. You cannot do it in the New Testament because they'll cut you off. They don't want to listen to that. But if you take them to the Old Testament right now, like you have in your Bible, and you find the passages on Jesus and take them through, whoo, they'll listen to you. And you might say, well, I don't know if there's very many in there. You'd be surprised. Do a Google search that says Christ in the Old Testament and see what you get. It'll be awesome. But that's what you got to do. And then we've got to look at Christ's teachings and His life in the Gospels. We've got to look at Christ's church in the book of Acts. Christ's Fuller teachings through the epistles. Christ's encouragement and ultimate victory in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation shouldn't scare you. It's a book that says, hey, we win! Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, we win. Okay. I wish you could look at you from up here. I do. I do. I wish you could. It would be awesome. Because you like this most of the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You didn't say it. Somebody said it was cold. Somebody said it was hot. Come on, wake up. How? Jesus said if you're cold, he said you're not hot or cold. You're lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Where are you sitting? Oh, well, hey. He's going to start preaching pretty soon. Look out. Here we go. Now, verses 3 and 4. Reasons we should seek things above. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Whoo! That's good news, isn't it? That is great news. Verse 3 says, we died. How did we die? Romans chapter 6. It says, at baptism, we were buried into His death and we were crucified with Him. That's how you die. You die of the old man. And if you haven't done that, you need to consider doing that. Because you see, that's the Bible teaching in that respect. It's that visual image of being dead in the water, buried and risen to walk in what? A new life. A new life. So we died to sin that we might be free from sin, according to Romans 6, 7 through 13. But the great news is, is that it, we were raised in Christ, according to our passage in Colossians. And that occurs when one comes and is baptized. If you'll look back at Colossians 2, 12, in baptism in which you were also raised with him. 
We were raised so that we might walk in newness of life, Romans 6, 4. Our life, according to verse 3 in Colossians 3, has been hidden with Christ in God. Our verse we read earlier, Galatians 2.20, really over, uh, oversees that and overviews that. Look at that passage again. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I was so touched by Miranda's courage to stand before you and say, you know, I've just not made some very good choices. She's just a young girl, 17 years old. I'm 54. I've got more on her than she does. Did you find yourself wanting to come up and stand next to her? You should have. Because not only to support her and say, hey, we love you and we're with you on this thing, but I watched God take four young people at CIY and a couple of adults that were along the way, and I watched God do some incredible things in them. Because you see, that's what it's all about, is letting God penetrate this old hard shell. And I appreciate these young people. And I'm encouraging you to join us to fast every Wednesday. And if you're interested in that, write down a text uh, a number I can text you, and we'll get a text out to you on Wednesday with uh, on Tuesday for the Wednesday fast with Scripture and with some things to pray about during that fasting time. I just ask you to take one meal, not all day, just one of those meals. Focus on God and what what comes out to you. It's awesome. It's going to be great. I was putting that list together this week and had such a great time just reading those passages of Scripture. But we need to be about the business of letting God reign through us, God living in us. We must deny ourselves, crucify ourselves, so that Christ can live in us. It's not about us. It never has been about us. It's all about God. And when Christ appears in glory, according to the fourth verse in Colossians 3, so will we. <laughs> looking forward to that day, aren't you? I'm looking, I don't have to take another shot of insulin. I don't have to worry about butter brickle. He's going to have it waiting for me. Oh, and that's the, I can still taste it. Just when I say the word butter brickle, you taste it. If you, if you like it. I thought I'd hate it. It's Doy Doke's fault that I don't. Because he, he introduced me to it. You know, sometimes we get introduced to bad things by good people. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me, brothers? <laughs> Sisters? You see, the first three reasons for us to seek the heavenly things are based upon what happened in the past. Now there's a motivation that's predicated on what is promised for the future. And that's where I want to move into verses 5 through 9. We are to slay the earthly. Oh, now here comes the battle. Let's take a look. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Verse 9, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Remember, he says you died. You're new. You should practice newness. 
Look what he says. He breaks these down. He says, put to death the sensual sins. Breaks them down. Lust of the flesh. What are they? Well, the Bible teaches about fornication. Greek word pornea. We get the word pornography from it. Whoo! Multi-billion dollar business. When I was a kid, you had to hunt for that stuff. Now you just type on the search engine and voila, here you go. Get all you need. It's scary, folks. But Satan makes it all too easy. We have to fight that. We have to work against it. And, and this, this Greek word pornea is a general term for any illicit sexual intercourse, adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, whatever it is. The Bible says stay away from it. Number two is uncleanness. And it's the Greek akatharasia. And it's uncleanness in a moral sense. Impurity, lustful, luxurious, extravagant living. Know anybody trying to do that? Got to keep up with the Joneses. Joneses are broke too. Everybody's broke now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Third, a third word you see taught in Scripture is passion. Passion. It's the Greek word pathos. Used by the Greeks for good or bad. But in the New Testament, it's used as a bad sense. It means depraved passion, vile passions. There's some people that just have passions for things they shouldn't have. But they got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Then you go down to evil desire. Epithemia. And it's a desire, a craving, a longing. Desire for what is forbidden. Boy, that's where we live, isn't it? <laughs> your mother and dad, growing up, your mother and dad say, don't do that. What's your tendency? Don't do it. God said to Adam and Eve, all the garden you can have and enjoy, don't eat the fruit from this tree one tree what'd they do here she goes woman always leads the man astray Amen. she gets over there she bites the apple she falls under the wiles of the serpent and here comes that strong spiritual leader in her life and he comes over and she says you need to eat this this is good and he looks at her and he says, Woman, get behind me, Satan. Isn't that what your Bible says? No, my Bible says he went, Okay, baby, whatever you want, okay. <laughs> That's a loose translation there in the Hebrew. Okay, baby, whatever you want. Oh, no. But see, oh, Adam, boy, he's a strong man. He doesn't take responsibility for anything, does he? God shows up and says, What's going on here? Eve says it's the serpent. They, and what Adam say? Is that woman you sent me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Things haven't changed much, have they, fellas? No. Ooh, no. Uh-uh. Don't sit there and shake your head yes or no. Just sit there quiet. Don't move, brother. She's seen you out of the corner of her eyes. You're in deep trouble if you say anything. Just say, yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. <laughs> now we want to talk about lust of the eyes because that's some of that sensual pleasure. Covetousness. Greek word, plenoixia. Oh, these are great words. But it means greedy desire to have more. You know anybody like that? Paul described this as being equivalent to idolatry. And we're to put off all idols. In fact, anything that we put in the way of God becomes an idol. I hear people all the time saying, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just out of the habit of going to church. Then you put an idol in front of God. 
And he says, idol worship's wrong. Well, I just, I don't, I, you know, one of these days I'm going to accept Christ. One of these days I'm going to come, one of these days. Then you put something else in, in place of God. That's all you're doing. Just make it, it's that, it's that simple. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. And he's motivating us and he says that we should put these things to death, according to chapter 2 in Colossians, to avoid the coming wrath of God. It's one thing to do these things when we lived in them, but now we've died to them. We should not be, be controlled by these things. We must also, according to verses 8 and 9, put off social sins. What are some of those? Well, let's talk about them. Sins of emotion, anger, the Greek word orge. We get or, uh, uh, orgies from this. It means movement, agitation of the soul, impulse, desire, Violent emotions, especially toward anger. You know people that just fly off the handle just like that? Boom. It doesn't take anything. Just cut them off in traffic. Just look at them wrong. Just go, hmm. Man, they'll knock you into yesterday. It's crazy stuff. It's more fun to wave back at them when they wave at you. Or it's better to hold up a Bible and say, God loves you. Yeah, they pulled the gun out and shoot. No, I'm just, you know. We live in a crazy world. But we got to learn to control these emotions. How about wrath as a, as a sin of emotion? Thumos is the Greek word. Passion, angry, heat, anger, forthwith, boiling up. Wow. How about malice? Kakia. Oh, I love that one. Kakia. You're full of kakia. Somebody will knock you out when you say that. Say, don't you show kakia. <laughs> great, great word. That'll get you away from saying you're full of malice. What's malice? It's ill will. It's desire to injure. Boy, you see this a lot in people who are young people, girls are fight about, damn, that boy's my boy. Now he's my boy. I'm going to tell him I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. But you know, guys do the same. Remember how guys used to do that? Now, they don't do it the same way, but they used to. They'd undo the shirt a little way, about halfway down, and they'd stand there and look like a couple of roosters. But I'm going to knock you out. They just talk, 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 never hit anybody. Yeah, but now they pull out guns and knives and bombs. and Yeah. Pull them out of us. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. How about sins of the tongue? You're going to remember that. How about sins of the tongue? Oh, here's one. Blasphemy. Ooh. Comes from blasphemia. Pretty easy to understand. What is that? It's slander, detraction, injurious speech, maligning another's name, impious reproach to God's divine majesty. How about filthy language? I scroll of Gia. Ooh, that's a dandy. Foul speaking, low and obscene speech. I love it when people curse around me and say, Hey, Pastor, pardon my French. You know what my response is? A miracle just happened. Because they look at you really funny when you say that. I don't know French and I understood everything you just said. Boy, that just drives the shame even more. Well, you shouldn't be making fun of me, preacher. It's a little problem, my God. Well, get control of it. If you claim to be a Christian, 
Get control of it. Well, I just can't get control. Well, you're not you're saying that God can't handle that then, right? Ah. Boy, he's preaching today. What's that on about? How about lying? Ooh, he mentions that in our list, doesn't he? Lying. Pseudomia. <laughs> to lie, to speak deliberate falsehoods, to deceive one another with lies. And we don't do that, do we? I see adults doing this all the time. Of course, remember, I talked to young people at CIY. They were, they were asking me about gossip and how do we overcome that. I said, you've got to mention all that information in the form of a prayer request. Remember, I've taught you this. Somebody, you, you've, got, you've got some info. And so, say I've got, a, I've got some info on McCaleb here. Well, I'm going to go to Sandra. I'll say, Sandra, we need to pray for McCaleb. Well, boy, her, she's peaked, right? And what's she going to say next? Well, what do we need to pray about? Well, I probably shouldn't tell you, but we're going to be praying, right? So what have I done? I've maligned this young man to her. I've involved her in this malicious gossip when I really don't have the truth anyway. I just heard somebody told me, so we need to be praying for him, right? Oh, how we try to... See how Satan tries to shadow stuff? I need to say to Sandra, we need to pray for Caleb, but be serious about that. And be honest and sincere about that. I don't need to tell her all the details. Say, so let's just pray for that young man. And just pray for him. I don't have to give you all the details. You don't need to know. God already knows. But we need to be praying, right? We need to be praying. That's the key. That's the key. And the reason we put all these things off is that in practice, we must complete in practice what we started in principle. When we were baptized, we put off the old man with all of his deeds. And in practice, it doesn't happen overnight, but we need to take that encouragement and in verse 8 of chapter 3, but now you must also put off all these. So we need to practically get rid of them and let them go. And then the last part of our text here tells us that we need to be strengthened in the Christly. And that's kind of a silly way to put that. We just need to let Christ reign in us. We need to be strengthened in Jesus. He's the one that will give us the victory. He's the one that will help us in our time of need. And I'm going to expand on that next week and next week's lesson. But for now, let me just get that started. Look at verse 10. And have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slaver free. But Christ is all and, what does your Bible say? In all. In verse 10, we have put on the new man. In baptism into Christ, according to Galatians 3.27, we have put on Christ. He now resides here. He now, we should look like Him. Look like Him. And so in principle, we've put the new man on. Now, and, and we're being renewed according to the image of Him who created us. But now... What we've done in principle, we need to do in practice, according to verse 12, and we'll pick up on that next week. But verse 11 says the goal for doing this and the reason why we do it is that Christ is all and in all. 
To be renewed according to the image of Christ. To become like Christ, destroying the barriers that have divided man from God. I stand before you today and tell you that if you don't break down these barriers, God can't get to your heart. We erect these barriers through fear, through selfishness, through whatever means or reason we do that. I'm telling you, if we will fight that fight, if we will work at letting God be God, and we will put off the old man and rise to walk in a new life, and here's the great news. That can happen just like that. But it depends on you. It depends on you. That's why we're called to the whole duty of man in the New Testament. To be renewed according to the image of Christ. We are to seek the heavenly, slay the earthly, and strengthen the Christly. Let Christ be strengthened in us. And we will examine that more as we go through verses 12 through 17 next week. But for now, for now, did you notice that everything in this chapter assumes that a person has been raised with Christ. Look again at verse 1 of chapter 3. If then, if then you were raised with Christ. So there's an assumption that that's already happened. And these folks were struggling with life just like you and I are struggling with life. I want and desire to be just like Jesus, don't you? I want to walk that walk. I want to be that man. I want to be that person that people can look to and go, whoa, it's obvious where he's at. That's why I don't preach up there anymore. Because I want to be down here with you. I do not want to be lifted up. I want to be here with you. Because this is where I live. I live with you. I live among you. And we're all sinners in need of grace. We're all sinners that daily must seek the cleansing of the Lord and the forgiveness of the Lord. But here's the great news. All I've got to do is turn to the cross and guess what I find? A loving Savior who says, How you doing? How you doing? I hear him. I hear Don Baker's voice every time I look to Jesus. I hear, How you doing? I can't even, I can't even do it like Don does. And I'll look at Jesus and I'll say, I'm not doing very good. And then he, go, he goes like this, and he comes over and he puts his arm around me. And he says, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. That's the Jesus I know. And that's the Jesus I want you to know. Because life happens, and we struggle. But the great news is that if I've been born again, if I have been connected and united with Him through baptism, the promise is, is that I will also rise to walk in newness of life. And because of that, and I receive that at baptism, God raises me up. And that faith that I have in Him works through God. And so the question of the hour is, have you been baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins? If you haven't, would you please let me study with you? Because I would love to open the Bible and teach you what that means. 
if you have been and you've strayed, all you got to do is come back to the cross. And he's waiting for you. Waiting for you. Waiting for you. Lord, we ask you this morning, <clears throat> as we prepare to sing a hymn of invitation, that, Lord, you would uh, touch people in this room. God, we didn't do a whole lot of hooting and hollering today. But that doesn't mean that we're not excited about being your children. Lord, as I said earlier, I stand before you a sinner today in need of a forgiving touch and of your grace. And I know that I have a room full of people that will echo that statement. God, life happens to us. Satan's temptations are great.